everything that we have designed, invented, every piece of art that has been made, every building that's been built comes from the earth. The idea that God is a man is so strongly held by so many people, and people are so afraid of this God that is a man that they will not for a second consider that the opposite could be true, that God could be a woman. The title of this episode offends you, then you should watch it. <laughs> because if you're so easily offended by a question like this, then that probably means that you need to expand your mind and be more accepting of other viewpoints. Now, I don't particularly hold this belief that God is a woman but I also don't particularly hold the belief that God is a man. <laughs> so, who am I to say who God is? Nobody. Who am I to try to understand and discover what God is and what that means? I think that's okay. That is something that really excites me, so I'm excited for this episode. I don't have any outline because sometimes I think it's important to ask a question and work through finding the answer out loud. I find that it's really helpful when I talk to other people, when I'm actually having a conversation with somebody, because you have twice the amount of ideas being contributed to the conversation and uh, twice the perspective, assuming that the other person is somewhat aware and open, which most of the people that I have conversations like this with are, which is cool. So this question, is God a woman? I'm really relating this to Mother Earth. You hear the phrase Mother Earth all the time, and, you know, you've seen pictures of Mother Earth depicted where it's, you know, a, a woman kind of like blended in with the globe. I'm sure you've seen it. There's pictures like that. But maybe you haven't because maybe this idea is so repulsive and offensive to you that you've never seen anything like it and you refuse to entertain it. I think that's really sad, first of all, that the idea that God is a man is so strongly held by so many people, and people are so afraid of this God that is a man, that they will not for a second consider that the opposite could be true, that God could be a woman. We do, in fact, come from women. There's this funny saying, uh, what is it? Women are from Mars and men are from women, something like that. Um, I understand that 
a man needs to be involved for a woman to have a baby, but that's not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm making is that there are a lot of people that would immediately be turned off to having this conversation because their precious God is a man and there's nothing you can do about it. And that's how it is. And you can't convince them otherwise. So my question is why? Sure, we have a lot of old religious texts that claim that God is a man. But we also have a lot older civilizations and traditions and religions and beliefs that actually worship Mother Earth. You go all the way back to ancient Greek mythology and you have Gaia, who is the goddess of the Earth. So the Earth is represented as a goddess, and I find that really interesting because, so I'm piecing together all these parallels. It makes sense that the Earth is represented as a woman. Why? Well, I think I've talked about grounding briefly on another episode. It may have been the episode about chakras, but maybe not. Uh, I know I've talked about it on my Instagram. You can follow me at the Nolan Void on Instagram if you want to be more involved with questions like this and uh, see some more videos that I make outside of this podcast. But I, I know I've talked about it there, and the interesting thing about grounding, it's this practice of connecting your bare skin to the earth, which sounds so simple, and you would never think twice about it, but it's really powerful. Our bodies generate a positive charge. The, the ions in our body and just around us are positively charged in that positive charge becomes more intense as we come into contact with pollutants in the air, chemicals in our food and in our body wash and all sorts of things. So there are a lot of things in society that uh, we are exposed to, especially the light on our phones, the blue light. It contributes to this positive charge in our body. Now, this is Positive doesn't mean good and negative doesn't mean bad. It just simply means it's it's a scientific term for the charge that the ions have. Just like how you have the North and South Pole or the positive and negative charge of a magnet, it's the same thing. So what's interesting is our bodies accumulate this positive charge. What charge does the Earth have? A negative charge. So anything that is actually connected to the earth. Bonus points if it's alive, so plants. But even if it's not, like rocks, sand, the water, the water, just water in general, lakes, the ocean, the earth carries a negative charge. And the thing with grounding is you go outside barefoot or you hug a tree or you go swimming in a lake or in the ocean. And whenever your bare skin makes contact with the earth, an exchange happens where you are providing the earth your positive charge and the earth is resetting your charge and 
pulling the positive ions out of your body and replacing it with negative ions. And this helps you to feel more mental clarity. It helps you feel more centered and more peaceful. It really just is a great reset. And so it makes you wonder, okay, why is it that we accumulate this positive charge and then the earth carries this negative charge that helps balance us out? We breathe in oxygen and we breathe out carbon dioxide. The earth requires our carbon dioxide for plants to stay alive and the plants convert that into oxygen. Such a beautiful, harmonious relationship that we have with Mother Earth. And so it also makes me think about astrology and not necessarily like the signs and stuff, but really just um, the moon and the sun and how they're represented. The sun typically is thought of as very masculine. The moon is thought of as very feminine. That's also interesting because the sun, if it weren't for the moon, the sun would completely bake this entire planet. And the reason for that is because the moon affects the tides. It affects a lot of like weather patterns and it also affects our orbit. And so we have this interesting balance with the sun and the moon and this masculine and feminine energy helps keep us alive and centered. So it's interesting that the negatively charged earth that is represented as feminine is affected by this giant rock in space that is also represented as feminine and it pulls the tides and all sorts of stuff. It's really interesting. And so traditional Western religion believes that God is a man. We have a father in heaven that quite honestly is represented to be a dictator. I am a jealous God. This, this God that is typically represented by Christianity and other Western religions is it's represented as this being that is very, uh, in my opinion, just childish. It's like I created, like you can't ask to be created, right? So this God chose to create us because you can't, you can't ask to be created if you don't exist yet. This God chose to create us and then demanded that we worship him. That just feels so wrong to me. Now, I don't think it's wrong to love somebody who takes care of you and loves you. I don't think that's, I don't think there's anything weird about that. I do think it's weird to be demanded to love this thing that brought you into the world without you even asking. It's the same with parents. A lot of parents have this attitude of, I demand that you love me and respect me because I'm your parent and I put a roof over your head and I put clothes on your back. It's like, yeah, but you chose to bring me into this world, not me. 
that doesn't mean that I should be ungrateful or disrespectful. Because again, I think that if your parents have genuinely done their best and they are good to you and they support you and they actually show you love and they care for you, that you should do the same. But a lot of parents don't do that. A lot of parents are actually a really harmful force in their child's life. And they are controlling and manipulative and they gaslight and they gatekeep and they girl boss. <laughs> okay, I had to throw that in. <laughs> um, you get what I'm trying to say. Like, a parent shouldn't be respected just because they're a parent. A god shouldn't be respected just because it's a god. You shouldn't respect your elders just because they're older than you. It is a relationship that goes both ways. And if you are dealing with a god that is jealous and vengeful and controlling and manipulative and destructive and angry, this is how the Old Testament God is depicted. So if that's the case, you don't deserve my respect or my worship, especially. You don't deserve for me to spend one seventh of my life going to church and learning the same thing about you over and over and over because you're so great. Some may call this blasphemy. Don't care <laughs> because logically it doesn't add up. And emotionally, it doesn't add up. Spiritually, it doesn't add up. I will not worship something or somebody that demands that I do so. I will love others that love me and that display love in a true sense. I will love people that continually seek to be better. I will love people that show care and concern. You don't have to ask. So, all of that said, I find it interesting that people cling so tightly onto this jealous, vengeful God that demands worship. And they won't even consider this idea that God could be a woman. The earth could be our God. The earth, we came from the earth as far as we know. As far as we know, we didn't come from space because that doesn't make sense. You go back far enough and a lot of scientists do believe that, you know, there's the big bang and the big bang. There's the big bang and things evolved over time. That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I don't understand how life, if there is nothing living in the dead of space there's just a bunch of dust and stuff i don't understand how that could evolve over time into something that's alive it doesn't really make sense to me because from what i see life comes from life love comes from love light comes from light it doesn't just come from nothing so i want to dive into this idea of God being a woman, the earth being God, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that you could look at and be convinced. And I don't think that's a bad thing. 
I think if there are clear indicators that something could be true, I don't think it's a bad thing to at least say, hey, I don't know if this is true or not, but it makes sense and it's a total valid argument. It's a totally valid argument. So I see patterns and this is how I make sense of the universe. This is how I make sense of our condition as humans. A lot of the things that I have come to believe in a spiritual sense have come from the patterns that I've recognized in the world around me. And the same is true for why I left Mormonism because, and for those of you who haven't seen my other episodes or don't know about my upbringing, I was raised Mormon, which I believe strongly is a cult. There are certain things that define a cult and a few of those things are information control, control of what you can wear, where you can go, what you can say. I couldn't ignore the patterns that I saw. And I also couldn't ignore my gut instinct with not wanting to worship somebody who demands that I worship them. I don't believe that the God of Christianity exists. I think that that is a a gross misrepresentation of divinity. Sorry, not wanting to worship somebody who demands that I worship them. I don't believe that the God of Christianity exists. I think that that is a, a gross misrepresentation of divinity. Sorry. So I left the religion that I was raised in because I saw these patterns. So what are the patterns that I see? One thing that comes to mind often is the pattern of an oak tree. So you have a big, beautiful, strong, healthy oak tree. And what are oaks known for? Acorns. So you have this oak tree that has tons of acorns. And these acorns eventually fall down and some of them rot, others blow around in the wind, others take root. And over time, they sprout and they grow into a big, big, they grow into a big, beautiful oak tree. And what does that oak tree do? It eventually bears fruit, acorns, and those acorns fall, some rot, some blow around in the wind, some get crushed, some take root and grow into a big, beautiful oak tree. I think that the question of which came first, the tree or the acorn, the chicken or the egg, I think it's irrelevant. We've never been able to answer that question because it's a paradox. But it's only a paradox because of our limited perspective and our limited understanding. But that's a pattern that I see. And so one thing that really was hard for me to wrap my head around was, okay, I'm told that there's one God that created all of this and I must worship that God 
But then when I ask what created that God, I'm told, oh, we don't need to think about that because we aren't capable of comprehending that and we don't have that revelation yet. So I was told to not entertain those thoughts because it's not relevant. And I disagree. I think that if you reach a point in your consciousness and your awareness where you notice that you are starting to get uncomfortable or something is starting to give you the chills when you think about it. Like, for instance, when you were a kid, did you ever lay down in bed at night and think about how big the universe is? And you try and wrap your head around the concept of infinity and it terrifies you because you can't comprehend it. Your mind literally, your mind can't even comprehend a billion. Like if you think, oh, a billion dollars, oh, that's a lot. No, like you can't count to a billion. You can, but not really. I, I don't think in your lifetime you can count to a billion. Unless you're counting super fast. I could be wrong about that, but my point is like a billion is a lot. A trillion? No chance. You cannot fathom how large that number is. A trillion. Infinity? Your mind's broken. It's like, bruh, I give up. <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of this at all. So when you get to a point where you notice that you're starting to get uncomfortable, that's when you need to push through. That's when you need to dig deeper. That's when you need to continue to ask questions because chances are most other people aren't going this far. I made a video on my Instagram about getting curious, about how you can't make progress in your life unless you get madly curious. You have to become curious about all of these different things. Like what would it be like if I were more confident? How easy would it be to meet new people? What if I discovered some truth about the universe or about God? How would that affect my perspective on life? That's why you need to keep pushing through. That's why questions like this are so important to ask. So this question of, is God a woman? Is the earth God? I see this pattern of whether or not the tree came from the acorn or the tree was already there, or if the acorn came from a tree, doesn't matter. There's an oak tree that bears fruit and that fruit flies around and takes root and grows more oak trees. It's the same with humans. Whether or not the baby came first and grew up, or if a man and a woman came first, or whatever, you put a man and a woman together and uh, more men and women come out. So, hmm. And that's also interesting because I, I have been saying man and woman this whole time. Um, just regarding sex, but a concept that was really hard for me to wrap my head around for a long time was the idea that multiple genders or gender identities could exist. And this is a topic for another day. Uh, but my point is I was uncomfortable with that thought and I noticed it. And so I had to dig deeper. I had to ask more questions. I had to have conversations with more people that had different opinions than me. And uh, now, from doing that, 
I'm able to detach from this idea that God is a man. God has to be a man. We have to have a father in heaven and Christianity has all the truth on what God is and nobody else does. I've detached from that belief because I've questioned the idea of gender, male and female, gender identities actually being that important. Or at least being an ultimate truth. Because for a while I believed that God actually was a man and a woman. Because I see this pattern of you have male and female in nature, they come together and they create babies. So it would make sense to me that if we have a God that is like us, it would require a man and a woman to create life from scratch, especially. But now I, I can detach from that idea and say, okay, that's a totally fair assumption, but it could also not be true. It could be true that God is not bound by silly things like gender. Not that gender is silly, but it could be the case that God is a genderless, cosmic, divine entity that is not bound by our perceptions and labels. So if I've come to acknowledge that that idea has merit, what's stopping me from acknowledging that the earth could be God, that our God could be a woman? Mother Earth genuinely could be the physical embodiment of God's divine consciousness. And it's a crazy thing to think about. But it could be true. Our connection with the earth is so... It's so beautiful. And when we're more conscious of that, we live a better life. You can choose to sit inside all day and stare at a screen and I guarantee you that that would not be as fulfilling as spending your days outside experiencing nature. Even if you're the type of person that's like, I hate bugs, I get sunburnt easily, like that sucks, but I guarantee you that if you found some way to enjoy the outdoors and really immerse yourself in nature that you would be happier because this, the science of grounding proves that that's true. But I think in order, you have this, you have mother nature, the term mother nature. So let's look at the, let's look at the relationship between a mother and a child. When a child is first born, it is completely helpless completely vulnerable, is completely incapable of doing anything for itself. The child fully relies on the mother for everything. Now, because of this, it's the mother's responsibility to care for the child. And I believe, full disclosure, that um, both parents should be equally involved and invested in their child's life, but 
all that said, we're making a comparison here. So it is the mother's responsibility to take care of the child because the child is fully reliant on her. Now, as the child grows up, the child learns things from observing the mother. And eventually the child becomes self-sufficient. But sometimes the child veers so far away into self-reliance that the child forgets that it still needs its mother. There's still things that a mother can give. There's still a comfort that a mother can give that the child can't get anywhere else. That's why when you have a strained relationship with your parents, it sucks because there's something that your parents can provide and add to your life that nobody else can. It's a real shame when you have to distance yourself from your parents because nobody else can fill that void for you. But sometimes we veer so far away from our mother and we forget that we still need her in different ways. But eventually the mother grows old. Eventually the mother needs the child to take care of her. And then it becomes this beautiful circle of life where the one who was vulnerable and needed support and needed care is now giving that support and care to the mother who is now vulnerable. So if you look at Earth, we are fully reliant on the Earth for everything. Food, water, shelter, everything that we have designed, invented, every piece of art that has been made, every building that's been built comes from the Earth. I won't be able to say that if someday we make a city out of moon rock, but besides that, it's true. Everything that you see, everything that you experience is the Earth, just in a different form. You, if you're watching this podcast, or if you're listening to this episode, if you have been into space, like if you've actually left the Earth, then this doesn't apply to you. But I would assume that every single person watching or listening to this has not left this beautiful blue and green planet of ours. So how do you know that that's even real? Do you know an astronaut? How do you know they're telling the truth when they say that they've left the Earth? Now, this is a conspiracy theory, <laughs> or you can call it a conspiracy theory. I don't know what to believe about it because I love space, but there is this idea that space is actually just a projection of God's consciousness and that we actually can't really leave Earth. The Earth is where we belong. There's lots of theories out there that we've never left the Earth. We never landed on the moon. I don't, and you can ask, well, what would be the point of trying to convince everybody that, I don't know, answer that question for yourself. What could possibly be gained from keeping a population thinking about this vast expanse of space and thinking that the earth is round so that they don't go somewhere else? What could somebody possibly gain from that? Answer the question for yourself, but 
really what I'm getting at is that we have this relationship with the earth that we don't have with anything else. We don't have this relationship with the moon or Saturn or Pluto. Rest in peace, Pluto. You were a cool planet while it lasted. <laughs> so it's interesting. We rely on the earth for everything, but the earth also needs us. We convert this oxygen that the plants produce into carbon dioxide. That's an important process. Everything that is on this earth needs everything else on this earth. So that either means that God is the earth and that we are the creation of God and that God doesn't need us at all, that there's nothing really that the earth needs from us. Or it could mean that we are all God, that all of this is God. The earth, you, me, this glass of water is all a projection of God's consciousness or it's the physical embodiment of God. There are so many different options and some people don't see the point in asking these questions or thinking about these things, but I do. It helps me appreciate what I have. It helps me appreciate the things I don't know. And it also adds a, a beautiful new layer to the meaning of life. Now, instead of just living your life and doing the things that you have to do and going through the motions, instead, you have this whole new plane of existence to explore, the spiritual. I love questions like this. Is God a woman? Is Mother Earth our, oh, I can't say heavenly mother, but earthly mother? Not sure. There's also the theory that Mother Earth is the spouse of the Father in heaven, which is interesting. Doesn't really resonate with me, but maybe it resonates with you, and maybe this episode opened your mind a little bit to the possibility that it doesn't have to be the way that you've been taught it is. Maybe there's other possibilities. Maybe there's a new level of life that you can enjoy from this idea that the earth is a goddess. Really what I want to do with these episodes is help expand all of our awareness and ask difficult questions and challenge the beliefs that we've been fed our whole life. These questions are important to ask. It is in our nature to try to understand our purpose. It's in our nature to try to understand where we came from and where we're going and why we even want to go there. I think it is against human nature to turn our brains off and go through the motions for 80 years and die. 
80 years if you're lucky. If you're doing what I just said, you're most likely gonna live till 65. We are not robots. We are complex, conscious entities, spiritual beings living this temporary mortal existence that could end like that. Somebody could drop a bomb on my house. I could get hit by a truck. I almost died on the highway this week. I'll tell that story over on Instagram later this week. But all that said, I hope that now you're thinking, you're asking this question. What's the harm? The last thing I want to mention is if God really is all-knowing, do you think that God has just always existed as this all-knowing being? Or do you think that God had to work to get to that point? Those are two very different belief systems. But I personally believe that our desire to achieve greater things and progress and learn more, I believe that that is genetic. Where does it come from? Just like the acorn grows into an oak tree eventually, you could look at a sapling, an oak sapling, and be like, oh, you're just a sapling, and that is a big oak tree, and that oak tree is God, and you're just a sapling. But what if us saplings actually have the potential to grow into an oak tree? What if us saplings have the potential to be God? And if that's true, if that's the case, then it makes sense that God also went through the same process of learning and discovery. So I believe that our primal instinct to explore is something that comes from divinity. And I think it would be a shame to not dive into that and try to understand and expand upon that tendency that we have, that desire that we have. I think it'd be a real shame. So I hope that this episode did that for you. I don't have an answer, but I do have a lot of questions. Join me on my Instagram at the Nolan Void. We are 500 strong now as of today. So grateful for it. I am bringing new videos every single week outside of this podcast. So if you don't follow me over there, you're missing out. We're building a great community and we are contributing to the Age of Ascension, which is where the collective consciousness is rising over the entire world. People are waking up. And if you want to be a part of that, then you should join me over there at the Nolan Void. Thank you so much for listening or watching this episode especially. I really appreciate all of the support and I am so grateful for the community that we're building and I'm excited for you to be a part of it. So thanks again and I'll see you next time.